Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Anne-Marie Kanata-McEwen joining me on this Sunday, September the 9th, 2018, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, your weekend daily, weekend dose of having, well, it's not weekend daily, it's weekend dose, but, you know, I, I always have a tendency to kind of get a little muddled and confused on the weekend because it doesn't work the same way as the weekdays. It's not the same <laughs> no. pattern that I follow every time, but that's okay, no big deal. So, anyway, we, we've been enjoying a great weekend here. We hope you have, too, and... uh that you've been able to relax and get into that happy frame of mind because that's really what it's all about. That's why we do the podcast, to help you get there even better. Uh, but uh, we hope that you've already got a good head start because that makes it just that much easier. How, how about you, Emery? Okay. How, how's your weekend been? You been having a good one? Hi, well, yes. My weekend has been chock full of events and people and laughter and hugs and learning and just oh my goodness it's just been so full and i'm just so blessed to be living such an interesting life that's <laughs> fantastic least, it is to me yeah, yeah it is to me yes when you have so many things going i mean you just listed a whole bunch of things it's like wow you got all that into one weekend that's pretty darn good <laughs> <laughs> yes i tell you i can't even keep up with it sometimes i i I go to bed at night and I say, what did I do? And I did so many things. I can't even keep track of them. <laughs> You'd have crazy. a little trouble then with the game that Louise and I play because um, we'll often play a game at the end of the day. So let's see if we can name three good things that happened today. And it sounds like your day would be something like what our days often are where we're listing like 20 <laughs> because we can't just stop for right. three, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's been it's been quite full and a lot of fun and um uh, right now, I'm sitting at the Buttonwood Tree again. You know, usually I'm not at the Buttonwood Tree on a Sunday night at, at 8 o'clock, but here I am. Uh, uh, and we have an art show going on. And no it's such a successful art show that um, people are still here talking and, and uh, just having a great time. And so they, and they won't let you close the doors? Wow, that's really something. <laughs> well, I told them, I said, listen. I'm going on this podcast. I told them all what I was doing, and they were like, wow, that's so cool. And I was like, so I'm going to go into this corner over here and just go on my phone call, and you guys can hang out for as long as you want. You know, just take the garbage out on your way out. Yeah, right, right. Yes, please lock up when you're done. I'll do it anyway. (laughs) That's fantastic. That's really good. Yeah, Yeah. actually, we we had kind of an arty day ourselves today. Um, I don't know if you're aware of it, but there is a, I'll say, local artist, local to Connecticut who actually has been displayed in in galleries around the world, New York, Paris, other places, um, Boston, I believe. And he created a series of, I believe it's 30 statues um, that are on display currently, have been on display uh, since May here in Simsbury, all around town. Um, And they're, they're statues that display... Uh, you know, famous scenes from American history and scenes that are appropriate to the town we live in and so forth. And there's a little map you can follow. So we just, we, we decided we were going to go around town and, and check them all out. We'd seen many of them before driving around and so forth, but we went and checked mm-hmm. all 30 of them out. And, and some of them are really good. I mean, there's a, a number of, of statues that evoke bygone eras. Um, there's the, the famous, uh, Sailor kissing the woman at the end of World War II. Somebody they, they made a oh, uh, right. they made a statue of that. Um, there's a statue of American Gothic Grant Wood's famous painting. Um, mm-hmm. There's a statue of wow. uh, Abraham Lincoln Lincoln showing the Gettysburg Address to somebody in, in like a modern sweater. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
There's a there's a wow, postman cool. right next to the post office. There's a postman, appropriately enough, you know, delivering the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, by mm-hmm. one of the uh, supermarkets, there's a hot dog vendor outside. <laughs> there's a over by one of the private schools. There's a what what it looks like a, a student sitting on a bench reading a book. Um, near one of the uh, um, the parks, there is a gardener working at the flower garden. <laughs> And they're oh, all right. realistic. They're very, very realistic uh, statues. In fact, uh, because we're kind of doing the tour today, we went up and we touched some of them and so forth. Like uh, the guy with mm-hmm. the sweater, you touch that sweater, and I mean, it's hard, and it's obviously been hardened in some way to protect it from the weather. But if it had the texture of a sweater, of like a knit sweater. And we're thinking, wow, yeah, really? how the heck did he do wow. that? I mean, like all we can think is maybe he actually got real clothing put it on his uh, statues and then found some way to like harden it with like a weather protector or something like that. But it was, it was wow. remarkable stuff. Yeah. And this is all around? Or all around town. Just in, yeah. J- wow. Just in Simsbury, but um, all around town, there's 30 of them. Um, and they're all life-size too. I, I mean, like mm-hmm. perfectly life-size. I, Abraham Lincoln, President Lincoln was a very tall man. I believe he's around 6'4", six, 6'6", yeah. six, six, something like that. And he and the, the statue stands that tall. I mean, I was actually one of the few people taller than the statue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are quite tall. <laughs> yes. Wow, isn't that neat? I, you know, I think we should have more art uh, around towns and, and places. And it just is so thought-provoking and creates such good uh, discussions. I think, you know, years ago, Middletown used to have art on the sidewalk. They did a, they did some kind of installation. I, I don't remember how it started or, or the details of it, but they were fascinating statues on the sidewalk of all sorts of things. And I thought it was wonderful. And then they disappeared. Uh, well, th- this is a temporary display. This is not something that's up permanently. Mm-hmm. And I, I mm-hmm. guess it was supposed to run through the 15th, which comes up uh, next weekend. But from what I understand, it's been extended. I think Louise discovered it had been extended to like near the end of October or something like that. So it's been popular. In fact, there was, you know how they have uh, in Connecticut, they have those little senior buses to run senior citizens around to do their shopping. One of those those buses was giving a tour of all the different statues. We were kind of meeting up with it every every place that we went to. (laughs) Nice. That's great. But you're right. I mean, this kind of art is really good to have. And it's not something you usually see. I mean, I, I was really glad that, that this guy, who's apparently somewhat famous um, in art circles, chose to do it for Simsbury. I don't know why he picked Simsbury. Maybe he lives in the area. I'm not really sure. But whatever the reason, I'm so glad he did it because this is one of those things that is truly uplifting. It makes you feel better. Yeah. You know, it makes you yeah, feel good. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, this is fun. Look at this. And I mean, like the ones of um, American Gothic, you know, the, the the man and the woman, the farmers and the pitchfork and so yeah. forth. Um, yeah. There, there were two kids with their uh, parents and they were taking pictures. And one of the kids had kind of scrambled up on top of the statue. And so, you know, they were doing this like selfie type picture there. Was, I mean, it's great. That, yeah. that just picks yeah. you right up. It feels good. Absolutely. You know, and it might have been that the... I don't know if Simsbury has an arts council or not, or maybe it was the city themselves, but a lot of times artists have works and cities will, uh, will get a grant to install some artwork. Mm -hmm. And so then they find an artist that they like and they go to the artist and they say, we would like to install some of your artwork in our city. Mm -hmm. And they make that arrangement that way. So that's a possibility. It's possible. I know that the uh, Simsbury Chamber of Commerce was behind it. 
What I don't huh, know was, okay. did, did the chamber approach the artist or did the artist approach the chamber? It could be either one. It's hard to really tell. But uh, nevertheless, they cut a deal and and here we are. And it's been great. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Good for you. I think one of my favorite ones is the is the pic- the picture of the, uh, or not the picture, but the statue of the kid skateboarding down the sidewalk. I think that one's great. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's good. It must show, you know, when you look at that, you, you probably get this timeless sensation of being caught in the act. So mm-hmm. you, you feel the action of the, of the, you know, the, the energy of that movement at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And, and you get kind of probably drawn into it and you can kind of just picture him running down the sidewalk or exactly. riding a skateboard on the rail or whatever they do. They, they do some crazy things with skateboards. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I know, isn't that something? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and I'm really it, impressed. One of the uh, uh, statues was over by what's known as Rotary Park, which is, like, which is like a little kid's playground over by the soccer fields. It's the fields actually that also get used by the Hartford Symphony Orchestra when they come in for their summer concert series. And there, mm-hmm. there was also a festival that was going on over there as well. But we went and checked out the statue that was next to this little thing called Rotary Park. And it was a girl, mm-hmm. a little girl who was playing with a hula hoop. And I'm thinking, when was the last time I even saw a hula hoop, let alone somebody playing with it? But it was great. And, right. and it really looked like you know, she was really caught in midair, you know, playing with this hula hoop, swinging it around her waist. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. Very, very good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's great. Yeah, I, I just think we need more art and more opportunities to display and create art because I think it's so important for people to express themselves. And I think it's it's rewarding for other people to to get a glimpse into that other person's mind and uh, heart and soul by viewing the art. Mm-hmm. I know that this show here that's at the Buttonwood Tree right now, first of all, the artist is a dear friend of mine because she volunteers here at the Buttonwood Tree to take care of our plants. Mm. So for years, uh, I don't know how many, probably six or seven years, she's been coming in once a week at least to tend lovingly to our plants. And if you've ever been to the Buttonwood Tree, you know that our plants are, are just, they grow beautifully. And, um, so anyway, she's created this artwork now that the artwork itself is so fascinating and detailed and beautiful. And she's painted pictures of Middletown. It's called the Middletown series. And they're all either iconic uh, places in Middletown or people in Middletown that are widely known. And on top of the beautiful art that she's painted, she wrote these most beautiful captions. Hmm. And honestly, I... I was reading the captions the other day after she hung the show, she and her husband hung the show and they left. And then I went over and I started reading them and literally I was brought to tears by the way she wrote so just beautifully from her heart. It Mm. was just, it just moved me so much. I, I just can't even tell you how, how much it, it just moved me. And I just felt like I was inside of her. And she was just so beautifully describing her emotions as she painted this picture. And, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I just was extremely emotional about it. <laughs> it was just I beautiful. can tell, so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, but, but that's art. And that's her creating art and then me appreciating the art, you mm-hmm. know. And it's just 
so if you, you need to get down and, and check this out, maybe we yeah. can go to dinner soon. And I, you know, I haven't seen Louise in a while. Yeah. Come, down, come down to dinner and see the art, but, but this is what art does to people. You know, it moves people and it inspires people and it enriches our lives. And, uh, it's just, so I just can't speak enough to the value of art in our lives. I agree. And in you fact, know, good yeah. art, the reason I like good art is if it, if it picks you up, if it's a pick you up, I mean, that that's the thing that we who are deliberate creators are constantly trying to do in our lives. We're trying to get ourselves to that better feeling place because we know that's where we do our best creating. That's where we do our best exactly. attracting using the law of attraction. So, you exactly. know, getting into that, that high flying place, what better way to do it than by enjoying art? I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about another one of the statues that we saw today. We, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Most towns, you'll, you'll, you'll see a, in many towns, you'll see like an artist or something. You know, they've got their canvas set up and they're painting some landscape or you know, some scene in a city or something like that. Well, there was a statue of an artist with his canvas set up. And what was so cool about it is you go and look at the canvas and the canvas is of the background that he's looking at. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Wow. So it really captures wow. the moment. I mean, he's holding his palette. You can see the paint on the palette. He's got his brush. And right there is his canvas. Oh and the canvas goodness. is the well, thing that you're looking at behind the canvas. <laughs> wow. Well, now that's, that, is in, that, that says that that artist created that statue for exactly that space. Oh, yeah. You know, like he created that statue to go in that space. So exactly. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Yeah. And actually, yeah, there, there were two of them. There was a cool. second one next to one of our restaurants. Um, there's a woman with a sketch pad. That's the statue um, in front of this restaurant. She's seated on the ground. Mm -hmm. She's got her sketch pad. I think she's actually using watercolor, not so much sketching. And she's when you look at the watercolor, it's the entrance to the restaurant, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. You know, Walt, I just realized that we were talking about uh, the art show here. Uh, and I, I didn't even talk about where it was. So I, I do want to let people know yeah, where sure. it is. I realize that people could be listening all over the world, but they could find us online we, also. We do so, have listeners in the Hartford area, so that's quite possible. Yeah. So anyway, um, I am the director at the Buttonwood Tree, which is a performing arts center here in Middletown, right on Main Street, Middletown. And you can find us online at buttonwood.org. And the artist's name this month is Janine. Janaki, and you can find her on the website at janinesart.com. Excellent. So I highly encourage people to go out and um, go to her website and look at the art and read what she has written and, uh, and come to the Buttonwood Tree sometime. And you, you spoke quite eloquently about what she has written in her writings. I mean, clearly she's not just there, there are lots of kinds of artists in the world. We often forget that there can be an artistry in the written word, and that, right. that apparently That's is right. part of her artistry. Um, so that the fact that that she moved you as much as she did, because I mean, you were quite eloquent about it. That that tells me, oh, okay, yeah. that's something that's worth seeing. That's not, that's something that, that's worth that's, reading to find out what it's about. Absolutely. In fact, I said to her, uh, Janine, uh, we need to talk later because you need to write more because <laughs> you write so beautifully. You know, you, so. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the best artists in the world have often been writers. and That's right. The it's best writers in the world have been artists, really. <laughs> <laughs> People, I find, you know, it's funny because I find artists 
often are talented in many disciplines, Mm -hmm. you know, and that just seems to be the case. Like artists are, um, you know, they can paint, they can draw, they can do music, they can do, they can dance. It's just amazing how some people are so fluent in a variety of arts. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are some and people who are who are artists are that we don't. Well, that's true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not actually that's not true. There are some people who who are artistic, but not in traditional artistic media. For instance, there are computer programmers who make you know things of art in terms of of their computer programming, things of beauty. But we don't normally call them art. We just call them that's really good true. programs. But really, what they're creating is is art. You know, people who who uh, you know perhaps build homes. We don't think of that as necessarily art. I mean, Mike's a, a home builder and a home reconstructor and so forth. What he creates is artistic. There is an artistic side to it that, that makes the home unique to the person who is buying the home or, or buying the uh, the rebuild or whatever it is. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Yes. Yep. So, so artistry fact, is found everywhere. Yeah. It, it's true. It's To me, art, you know, I thought about this long and hard. And a few years ago... I coined a definition of what I think art is. Oh, okay. Me, and, and it's not exhaustive. You know, art, can, art, it, art is kind of like, God, there's way, way too many or not enough interpretations of what it is. And they're <laughs> never all correct. And they're never all wrong. And they're never all exhaustive. You know, it just goes on and on. But to me, art is the product and expression no, wait, is it? <laughs> I forgot what it was. <laughs> oh, that's right. Take, your, take a moment. The, take a breath. The vehicle, the product and the vehicle of ex- human expression. I think it's the product and the, oh man, I lost it. <laughs> the product See, that's why you're supposed to write it down. That's anyway. why it's the written word, right? <laughs> I know. I know. I, well, it is written down. It's just not in front of me. So, um, yeah, something like, you know, the vehicle and the product of human expression. Something like that. Which you know, is true. Because it's all about humans expressing themselves, you know? Yeah. And then one time, many years ago, I had somebody contact us from the Beardsley Zoo. And they wanted to display artwork that had been created by the animals. Oh, my. And for people who, who wonder what, where the Beardsley Zoo is, the Beardsley Zoo is in Hartford, Connecticut. And it's... um. A, it's not necessarily well known around the world, but it's no pretty well here in Connecticut. So it's it's a it's small I, by comparison. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so and I said to them, I said, um, so how is this done actually? And they said, well, they they put out these small pans of paint, and then they have the animals walk in the paint and then walk on the canvas. And I questioned her about these animals doing this. I said, so what are the animals, how do they react to this? And she said, well, actually, they really look forward to it. They really like it. By the way, I just, I just realized like, I said, I said Hartford, didn't I? I said Hartford. They're yeah, in, you in, meant Bridgeport. I meant Bridgeport. Yeah. I, like, what, yeah. what, what was I thinking? No, it's not Hartford. <laughs> Sorry, folks. It, it, I really do live in Connecticut, believe me. I really do. And I know where it is. I know where the Beardsley Park Zoo is. It, but it's not in Hartford. It's in Bridgeport. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I'm just realizing um, that. Like, oh, duh. <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd get there sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> it was very diplomatic so of you. Yeah. So, th- so then I, it may not be human expression. It could be, you know, animal expression, you know. So thank you. Dear. So anyway, um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, art is so important. And if you're not being creative in certain ways, 
you should try. Good night. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> you have multiple um, duties. Yeah, you know, like multiple what? You have multiple duties. You're you're doing a podcast, but you also are still the art director. You have to do that too. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. You see what I mean? My life is so exciting and full and that's a good it's thing, just, though. And it shows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it shows. We can hear it. We can hear it in your laughter. We can hear it in your smile. <laughs> it really plays a major role, doesn't it? It does. It does. I'll tell you all. But life is, uh, I just think I'm so blessed with, with my life. And I'm so grateful every morning. You know, I lay in bed and feel gratitude for things. And we. there's a skylight over my bed now. And I have this little small house. But I was living in an apartment before. I so I'm I'm happy that I'm in a house and mm. I have this skylight in my bedroom ceiling and I just love it. I mm. love it. And I know that I'm not going to be living in this house forever. And I know, you know, someday I'll have a probably a bigger house, hopefully, mm-hmm. but it may not have skylights. So I'm appreciating yeah. the skylights while I have them, you know. That's so important, too, because we have a tendency as human beings to kind of redirect our attention either toward what happened in the past, usually about stuff that we don't like, or about what we're hoping for in the future. But at that moment, you were really living in the moment. You were you were appreciating that moment and savoring it and keeping it. And that's like yep. the best thing you can do. Yep, yep. So tell me about one of your wins. Oh, geez. Well, the uh, the biggest one right there was uh, going around to see the art today. That was That was the fun one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know our goal for the day, we, the, the week had kind of been a, a trying week for us and it's probably because we're, um, we're, we're kind of in the, uh, the home stretch for the gardening season. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah. the, the stresses have continued and so forth and, and you need a way to get away from those stresses and to reorient and to get yourself, you know, back in that high flying place again. So we decided that's what our day was going to be. It was just going to be purely about doing stuff that would feel better and feel better and right. feel better. And we did. And I have to tell you, now Louise is going to probably just laugh when she hears me say this, but I really don't, I know, and that, this is going to sound like a tangent too, I really dislike taking naps, which mm-hmm. sounds strange to a lot of people because there are a lot of people who love naps. I, I've, yeah. never, I've never enjoyed napping. Um, I only will, will nap if I really, really have to because I'm just so tired I can hardly keep my eyes open. And that's what I did today. And I, I went to bed after we got back from our art tour around i don't know 3 30 something like that and slept for a couple hours and as usual i woke up feeling oh god i feel terrible <laughs> <laughs> but and the reason i mentioned this the the big but is that despite the fact that i really didn't enjoy how i felt when i woke up i allowed myself to awaken slowly and when i do that i can make you know the most of the situation and i found that my head had cleared my head had been full of all this junk from what had been going on during the week and it had and the the art exhibits had helped to remove some of it the nap removed the rest of it so hmm. i appreciate and this is a strange thing for me to say i appreciate the nap i took today because <laughs> oh, i don't good. usually like the nap i don't like it at all but you know what despite the fact that it was not my favorite activity to do to do it cleared my head and i really do appreciate that because that is like i mean that's the way yeah. you need to start the next week right with a clear head Absolutely. And you know, Abraham always suggests that we take a nap if we need to reboot ourselves and realign ourselves. She, all, they, I shouldn't say she, they always suggest, you know, taking a nap or meditating uh, as a great way to rebalance yourself and refocus yourself and get yourself aligned again. So, yeah, exactly so taking a nap, even though it's not 
your usual one. Good for you. Good yeah, for you. yeah. It was, it was something of a, a victory to allow myself to do it in the first place. I could try to stay awake. <laughs> I could have done that. <laughs> yeah, but it's better just to nap. You know, I heard that actually we're designed to take to sleep like three or four hours at a shot, and then be get up, be productive, and go back and sleep for you know four more hours again, and get up, be productive again. And, uh, and and it's probably a better way for us to live, even though we don't do that here in the United States. But, you know, in Europe, they take the afternoon siesta. That's and true. probably better off for it. Yeah, that's true. It's very common. And I think it's becoming yeah. actually more and more common here in the States as well. But uh, you're right. It hasn't really caught on in a big way. It's it's caught on yeah, in a small yeah. way. But nevertheless, yeah. it, it has caught on. And I think it's probably going to increase over time. But you just won't see me doing it very often. That's all. <laughs> but, uh Yeah. I, I, I have to say today, napping was a good thing. Something else that happened today, too. Um, as you know, we have two black cats, Joy and Harmony. Yes. And yes. Jo- Joy is very much the outside cat. Harmony is the inside cat. Um, Joy has been literally living outside, coming, only, coming in only for meals since May. He loves uh-huh, being outside right. so much. He's out 24 hours a day, except for like the five minutes he comes in to get something to eat. But we're now in September. The weather's starting to get cooler. We've gotten uh, the, the really hot patch out of the way that we had the first part of the first week of September. And you can see the change happening in, in him. So lately he has been spending a little more time inside, getting more attention, getting some pets and so forth. Today he did something else that, that was exactly what Louise had been asking for. Because Louise, um, she, she has acclimated herself to the fact that he's an outdoor cat. And he just simply would not be happy if we didn't let him stay outdoors. So we, mm-hmm. we let him stay outdoors because that's what's going to make him happy. Even though there are risks to outdoor cats, you know, well, that, that's his life. That's what he wants. So we right. honor that. But she also wants him to come in. <laughs> and she, she's been talking lately quite often about, I wish he'd just come in for one night. I'd feel so much better if he came in for one night. And sometimes it's like, well, maybe, mm. maybe he could just come in for a few hours or something. Well, today, while I was, you know, conked out in the bedroom, he came in and curled up on the couch and went to sleep for an hour. And she was thrilled. Wow. It was a big, big, wow. it was a big pickup for her. Now he went right back out after that, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense because again, as the weather gets colder, he'll tend to come in more and more. And of course, when the snow gets yeah. here, he's in 24 seven. So, you know, he wants oh, to get as okay. much as he can, but oh yeah, he, yeah, don't, you don't want to have a cat outside in, in freezing cold weather. It's not a good thing. Right. 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 And it was a little bit chillier today yep. than it has been. So yeah. that's probably why, you know, he exactly. came in today. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he definitely is the cat of the seasons. He knows the seasons. He knows them very well. And it mm-hmm. doesn't matter in the summer. It doesn't matter what the weather is. It could be, you know, uh, thunder and lightning. It could be, you know, hurricane practically. He'll he'll stay outside. He's fine with all that. <laughs> he just knows that when the cold weather comes, ah, it's time to start thinking about coming in. So he comes in more often. Right. But the, the right. point of all this, uh, the reason I'm even telling a cat story is it's another example of how we found a way to feel good. And she actually manifested something she wanted to manifest. So two good things in one right there. Right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's good. It it feels so good when when you see the thing that you want just manifest in front of you. It's mm. like, yes! Yeah. You know, I just kind of raise my arm in the air and make a fist and I go, yes! You know, it's like, <laughs> it just feels so good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the other day, I want to tell you, I want to tell you about one of the, my, my win for the week, you know, oh, now that okay. we've been doing this show, I've been thinking more about it. And so I, you know, it's funny because as you think about it, you notice it more. And as you notice yes. more, you wind up actually, I think, creating more. You do. Right? Oh, definitely. 
Yeah. So, you know, I run this nonprofit, and we have uh, work-study students from both Wesleyan University and Middlesex Community College. And fortunately, they have programs where they get funding to pay their students to work off-site at another location, gaining real-life experience. Uh-huh. And it's called a work-study uh, program. So right. we have students from Wesleyan, and we have students from Middlesex. And uh, I was conversing with a, the woman from Middlesex Community College, telling her that I need somebody to help me with marketing and help me with the website and help me with administration and whatnot. And so she was sending these applications and I was like, no, 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 it doesn't look good. <laughs> oh, here's one, digital media arts. That looks pretty good. And he looked like he had some real life experience. He was a little bit older. So I had real hopes that he would be able to be uh, good with the website. So I interviewed him. And as we were talking, I realized he was not going to be that good with the website. He was Ah. just learning about these things and he had no real experience with it. And I was like, darn, he's not good. I said, but I really need somebody to help us with the website. I want somebody who's experienced. I want somebody who can come in and just help us with the website and teach me some things about the website. You know, I don't want to train them. I want, at least in that regard, I want them to help us with the website. Not easy on a work study because that's somebody by definition who doesn't have the experience. Right. But, they could have experience in one area and be going to school for another area. True. That's you true. See. So so I knew it was a long shot, but after my interview with this one gentleman, I went back to the computer and I emailed back to this woman and I said, you know, he's not going to work out for the website, so I still need somebody for the website, but I, I do want to hire him. And she said, okay. And she immediately sent me back another application. And this guy is going to be perfect for Ooh. our website. He's an IT guy, and he develops websites. And <laughs> so Fabulous. I looked at it, and I was like, yes, this is exactly <laughs> what I want. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Yeah. It's going to work out. That's you know, a good win. I, yeah, yeah. I was really happy about that one. Very, very so, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of thing you need, you know. We need a whole team of people now to help us here at the Button Tree, and it's it's just great when they show up. Well, <laughs> And, and given what you have to work with there, I mean, you do have a facility. You're on Main Street. It's two, you know, not tiny rooms, but they're not real big either. Um, and yet you do an amazing amount with the space that you have. But even so, I mean, you're doing it with minimal funding. You, you do get some grants, but for the most part, minimal funding, and it's always a bit of a battle and so forth. And yet you get so much help from people. We saw how much help you got just from that uh, 4th of July event that you invited Louise and I to join you at, where we went to watch the fireworks and so forth. I mean, all those people were there, except for us, were volunteers. I thought, wow, you got quite a volunteer staff going here. That was really something. I mean, that was a good-sized crowd you guys had. Yeah, and that was like not even a third of our volunteers. Is that right? Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a lot. Of course, a lot of people come, and they are very they do very specific things. And one volunteer might only work on Mondays delivering posters. And mm-hmm. another volunteer might only work on Friday and Saturday afternoons for three hours uh, folding calendars and cleaning. And uh, we have one volunteer who's been volunteering ever since we opened. Wow which was almost 30 years ago. And pretty much the only thing he does is he helps fold calendars. He'll come open the door for somebody if they're locked out because he lives really close by. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes people need to get in. 
or he'll, he has a truck. So a lot of times if I uh-huh. need to like move chairs, if we're doing an event offsite or something like that, he, he might help move chairs or set up tents or things like that. You know, some very physical things he's really helpful with. So it's just like people just have their own, the own thing that they want to help us with. Some other people just want to help us online and posting our events online. Sure. You know? So, but it, you know, everybody together working can make the organization really move forward and function. And so it's just, it's just great to see how many people care about the button tree and, and help it move forward. It's really such a great place and organization. I'm just really blessed to be here. <laughs> well, we got a taste of that here with the podcast. I, I don't know if you remember, but earlier this week, I sent out an email to all the co-hosts because one of our listeners, Esther from Down Under, volunteered to become our Instagram person. And she's now posting all these Instagram uh, memes right. and so forth about the LOA Today show, which is just fantastic. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and it's great that she's down under, you she's know, in Australia. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah. I, I'm blown so away that's by a great win. By by how many people we have listening around the world. I mean, I was looking at the, mm-hmm. the stats of it and you know, about sixty percent, sixty five percent of our listeners are from the US, but we have you know quite a few from, from Canada as well and from Great Britain, and from Australia, and actually all of the English-speaking countries in the world are represented among our listenership in a significant way. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow. I mean, I, I can remember back when I was a kid, where a long-distance call from where we lived, I grew up in upstate New York, from where we lived to where my grandparents lived in Wichita, Kansas, was the scratchy, hard-to-hear conversation, you know, and you had to shout a little bit and all that. Now we're having these clear conversations all around the world. We we had a caller on Thursday from London. We had a caller from London calling in and it must have been really late there. I know he had put his daughter to to bed, um, but he he wanted to call and talk about the law of attraction. I'm thinking, how cool is this? It's so different. So much much of an improvement over like when I was a kid. I can't believe how much it's improved. And I and I know about this stuff. I mean I'm an IT guy too. So I Mm -hmm. it's not like I don't understand how the technology works, but I think it's really important to allow yourself to be blown away by it. I mean, there's one guy Mm -hmm. I know about, I think he was a professor or is a professor um, in some way regarding computer sciences. And Mm -hmm. he once had to deal with a, um, I think it was with a student who was complaining that, you know, the software wasn't working properly or the computer wasn't working properly or whatever. And his response was, you know, the, the, the amazing thing isn't that the the program isn't working. The amazing thing is that it works at all. And when you yeah, look at it right. that way, it right. gives you an entirely different perspective. So, you know, you, you start dealing with everybody has dealt with computer issues, you know, phones that don't work properly or whatever. And it gets frustrating for sure. But when you look at it that way, <laughs> the stuff works at all. That's incredible. And it gives you yep. an entirely different perspective that makes you say, this is good stuff. This feels good. This is all This is all wonderful, beneficial stuff. Stuff and if I look at it that way, not only do I appreciate it more, but I get myself into that better feeling place where all the good stuff happens. Right, right, exactly, and that's where we want to be, and that's mm. where we aim to be more often than not. And when we're not there, it doesn't feel good. And I, I think one of the biggest things that I learned from Abraham is that when we don't feel good, there's a reason for it, and oh, yeah. it's pretty much that we're just not in alignment with our higher self and our higher self knows better. And we don't, we're looking at the, what is Mm. 
-hmm. and we're looking at the contrast of what is around us and we're looking at the situation or or the person or whatever it is we're hearing that or we're looking at it that we don't want and we're not realizing that there's a much bigger picture and we need to get into alignment with that and when you when you realize that the your negative emotions are just because you're not in alignment it makes you just take a step back and go okay well how do i process this well number one i need to validate my emotions and i need to you know recognize them and say okay well they're a valid emotion i'm feeling maybe i'm feeling guilt or maybe i'm feeling jealousy or maybe i'm feeling anger okay that's fine why am i angry or why am i jealous okay you recognize it and then you say well I don't need to be here. And then you have to work on your, on, of course, getting out of it. And mm -hmm. we talked one week about getting yourself out of that negative emotional state right. and pivoting to the positive, as I like to say, and, you know, getting yourself in alignment. And then that's, that's the work to get back into alignment. But recognizing that you're out is the first challenge. It is. Yeah. I, I've made that same point as well over, uh, over the years, really. Because there was a time when I could not recognize it. There was a time when I just I, I would live miserably, and I wouldn't I wouldn't attribute it to anything that I was doing. I would attribute it to bad luck, you know, things that were happening to me. It wasn't my fault. It was you know there was a whole blame game that was going on. It had nothing to do with me, and right. I, did, I had no idea how I was blocking it. I, I really had no yeah. idea. I, the idea, yeah. if it, in fact, the first time that I heard that I was the one that was blocking the good things from happening, I did what most people did. I dismissed it. I said, "No, that's mm -hmm. not it. I have all these things. So the what is is really happening. You no, know, you you can say all you want about what is, but what is is actually there. That's really there. And <laughs> it, it took me a while to recognize that there is more than the what is, and then not just recognize it, but to believe that it was directly influenced by my own behavior patterns." That, that takes a lot. I, I even see this among people who are advocates of the law of attraction. There are many who still have trouble with the idea that they play a direct role in every what is that happens in terms of how that what is came about, even when they don't realize that they're doing it. Right. That's the hard part. Well, it's hard. It is. It's very hard. And, and it takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage to admit that, hey, yeah, I'm responsible for this. And mm -hmm. especially for things that happen that we just don't understand how that could have happened because it's so far away from what we want. It's hard to it's hard to reconcile that with our brain that, oh, that happened because of something I did or I thought or I felt. Really? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Or especially when you look at a child and you say, how could that child have caused that? How could that child have, oh, yeah. have wanted that or whatever? But, you know, we, we got it. We forget that or we don't accept or we don't realize that a baby comes in. But that may be the beginning of their earthly life, but it wasn't the beginning of their entire life. Mm -hmm. And they were sentient beings before they came into these bodies. And they had a plan and they had a purpose. And so that situation that that baby is in was most likely, and at least I believe, caused by the uh, their desires before they came into the earthly body. So right? you're one of those who advocates the idea of uh, what they call a sacred contract. Yes. 
Okay. Yes, a blueprint. Yep, mm-hmm. a blueprint or a, a plan for your life before you come into this body. Yes, okay. I, I, I totally buy into that. I'm, you know, I always go under the 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 thought that well, the possibility of that may exist, and there are a lot of theories about things in the universe that I believe the possibility of that could be true. But when it comes to, do I believe that we lived a life or we existed consciously before we came into these bodies? Yes. And do I believe that we created a plan for our lives before we came into this body? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it just blows my mind at how actually well orchestrated the universe is and how planned our lives actually are. And you know that I have this number theory or number system that I utilize as a tool for living. And there's no way that that could work if we did not make a plan for our lives because it works because it's, (laughs) it's so relevant. You know, when you look at the numbers and you look at a person's life, you go, wow, yeah, that's really uh, indicative of their life. Those numbers really are accurate with that person's life. And how could that be if we didn't make a plan ahead of time? Because I, I don't believe in coincidences either. I mean, a coincidence, like Abraham says, is just incidences happening co, what did she say, codependently or... Remember what Abraham says about coincidence, how she designs it? Co-creatively. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is, yeah. So, you know, coincidences are, are there for a reason. So, talk, anyway, that's my talk, story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> talk for a moment about the, the numbers thing, because I think you and I have actually briefly mentioned it, but tell us a little bit more about it. What's that? Is it, are, you, are we talking about numerology, or, or what is it? Okay, well, so numerology uh, is this ancient extensive system of a, uh, um, pointing numerical values to numbers and letters or, or to letters that have to do with your name and your birth date and all these things. And it can tell you a lot about who you are uh, by looking at your name and even, I think, the town that you came from and all these different things. And it's very involved. And this is kind of like numerology updated. I like to say it's like the 2000 version of, of numerology because it's very succinct. It's very quick. It's very short. It was, it was written about uh, by a man named Dan Millman, who is a, an Olympic gymnast and had a, uh, an accident and then had a spiritual uh, enlightening uh, or enlightenment, and then he wrote this book, and he reveals a number system that simply takes your birth date, your entire birth date, your day, month, year, and you add up all the digits individually, and then you come up with a two-digit number, or in some cases now, these these young people that are being born in the year 2000 and, and after that, there's only one digit, or maybe two digits total. Um, Anyway, they, 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 each digit from zero to nine represents certain issues that you came into this life to work on. In other words, it's kind of like if you were going to go to college earth, what do you want to be your major? What subjects do you want to be your minor? And so each digit represents certain issues like 
Uh, for example, one is creativity and confidence and unity. And two is cooperation and balance, which is learning how to balance your relationships with people or with work or or anything, any kind of relationship. You know, you have a relationship with anything that you come in contact with. I have a relationship with this printer that's here in front of me. <laughs> so, you know, we have to balance those relationships. Um, and three is about expression and sensitivity, and, and it goes on and on. And when you look at a person's numbers and you look at their life, you can see that those issues play a very strong role in that person's life. And what I have found is that if you focus on those numbers, if you focus on balancing those numbers in your life, because each number is really just like a a knob. It has an on and it has an off and it has like a zero, you know, it, it, it can be low, it can be high. Mm -hmm. And, and it, none of them are good or bad. They're just, they are. And you have to find the middle point of it so that it's not too much, not too little. You know, for example, trust. And trust is number seven is trust. So you want to be trusting, but you don't want to be too trusting. Mm -hmm. And you want to be trustworthy. Well, you know, I guess there's no such thing as too much trustworthiness. I don't know. But, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, you you don't want to be so trusting that you, you know. So I think you get my point, though. It, it, um, well, what you're describing is a system. I, I have always thought of these kinds of, you know, number systems and so forth as being kind of fixed. Like there was, you know, they all add up to this one thing. And so that's the one thing. And it's that your thing for, for the rest of your life, which is why I tended to resist all those kinds of systems, because I knew that life was much more dynamic than that. But you're describing something that's a little bit more dynamic in that um, it's something that we directly interact with. We're not locked into whatever our name spells out. No, but we are locked into the numbers. You know, for example, I'm a, I'm a two zero. Um, I'm a 20 uh, forward slash two. So the way you, you do it is you add up all your did the, the numbers individually. And in my case, it comes up with a 20. And then you take those two digits and you add them together to get your final number, which would be like the number that I major in. And the way you write it out is a two zero forward slash two, because that it's two plus zero equals two. Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe if you were a 35, you would be a 35 eight. You know, or if you were a 24, you'd be a 24, six. Okay. And so you would write it two, four, forward slash six. And so the number to the right of the forward slash is the number that you came here to sort of learn about or experience as your major. And the ones on the left are kind of like what you came here to minor in. And you kind of sometimes have to work on the ones on the left before you can fully embrace the energy of the one on the right. Now, when you say now, work on them, what does that mean? <clears throat> well, here's an example. My number, so I'm a double two, right? Mine two zero two. So I have the zero energy and I have the two energy. And the two is, like I said, it's about cooperation and balance and diplomacy. Diplomacy is directly from the study of numerology, but it's also it's very related. So I have to learn how to balance my relationships. Well, before I learned this, I tended to give too much. And a lot of us, we love to give. We're givers. Mm -hmm. We're good people. We give, right? Sure. But I gave and gave and gave and gave and gave, and I didn't take care of myself. And that's a really big mistake that a lot of people make. And when you're on the two life path, you have to be particularly aware of this 
Otherwise, what happens is if you don't take care of yourself, you are going to suffer and you are going to withdraw from the things that you are giving to and everything is going to fall apart. And that's exactly what happened to me. My family fell apart. My marriage fell apart. I wasn't taking care of me. And if I had known about this years before, I think I would have been able to make better choices. And so this is why I'm so adamant about helping people with their numbers, because I have a lot of issues. As a two-zero, I have I have imbalances all over the place. But I recognize now that it's important to balance your life and balance your numbers. And so when I make a decision now, I know that I have to keep my two in balance. So as much as I work here at the Buttonwood Tree and I volunteer here at the Buttonwood Tree for many, many hours, I have to make sure it works for me. Because if it doesn't work for me, then ultimately it's not going to work for anybody. And I'm going to just say, forget it. I can't do this anymore. And I'm going to walk away. And mm-hmm. that's not good for anybody. So you have to keep things in balance. And sometimes my husband is a two also. He's a two, six, eight. And we know each other's numbers. And sometimes we get out of balance or I might make a decision or I might say to uh, let's say my daughter wants me to do something and I really don't have the time to do it. But, she, you know, she's like, come on, mom, can you please do this? And I'm just making up the hypothetical situation. Can you really, you know, do this for me? And I'm like, oh, I really can't do it. I'm busy, but you know, okay, I'll do it for you. And it's kind of, I'm kind of doing it reluctantly, you know, and that's not good. And Mike might see that and he might say, your two's out of whack, you know? <laughs> <laughs> your two's out of balance, your two's out of whack, you know, it's like, and so it will help you recognize, oh, you really shouldn't have done that because you're out of balance. And so our key is staying in balance, you know, and our, that's our focus is our, our job is to stay in balance, especially with those numbers. If you can balance your numbers, everything else tends to work out fine. And it doesn't matter what job you're doing. It doesn't matter who you're doing it with. It doesn't matter where you are. Your numbers are are with you all the time, and you can I can be balanced in my work, I can be balanced in my play. It doesn't matter, but I have to stay balanced. I know I have to focus on that, and when I stay in balance, everything works out. And so, likewise with all the other numbers, if you can balance your numbers, you're much better off. Now, another trick is to uh, to to look at a problem that you're having or an issue that you're having. You might be having an argument with your spouse or you might have a really big problem at work or you might have a really big problem with some person. If you look at your problems or the things that really make you angry, if you look at those things through the lens of your issue, then you often can find the root of the problem okay. and you know how to address it. So it, it's a very helpful tool. It's a very helpful tool. It's also, it also sounds a little bit uh, weird because it, it sounds like at times Mike's got your number. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's got my number, all right, and I got his. <laughs> I pop his eight a lot. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like his eight is, a, eight is abundance and uh, manifestation and power. And like, I tell this story one time because it's a perfect example of his eight, you know, abundance and he thinks big. And one time we went to the grocery store and ketchup was on sale and he's like, oh, the ketchup's on sale. Let's get like eight of them. And I'm like, 
no, we're not getting eight. I'm popping your eight. I'm popping the eight. Two of them. Popping that eight of yours. <laughs> so we laugh about it. You know, it gives us something to laugh about because we we just have to joke about it and make fun of it. When you do that, it doesn't feel so bad. You know, I it's just a, it's just a better way of of handling emotional states and things that it doesn't hurt so bad when you just talk about it as a number. In fact, I think this would be a great system to get in, get into the, um, if everybody could embrace this and talk about our issues or emotional states as numbers, you can talk to somebody about it and be less, um, less subjective and it's less painful. You know, it's a lot easier to handle somebody saying, ah, your two's out of whack than saying, um, oh, you're really not taking care of yourself enough. Oh, you really, you know, or, or, or you really are um, not being fair, or not being balanced or not being just with, with what you're thinking about there. You know, it's, it's just easier to look at it just like a number. But of course, people would have to learn the numbers and it's really not that difficult. There's only nine of them. What, what you're talking so. about really is, is find, you found a way to gently de detach from negative stuff that we want to detach from. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty simple. Um, yep. We only have a, a few minutes left and I, and well, we got more than a few minutes left, but I want to make sure I get this in because it occurred to me that you know, I don't always get this in. <laughs> Sometimes ah, I have to yes, rush it in the last right. 30 seconds. Um, so I don't want to rush it this time. Uh, we'll get back to this in, in a moment, but I want to remind people, first of all, if you are new to the podcast and have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please take a moment to do so. The instructions are right on the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. It's real simple. It tells you how to do it with an iPhone, with an Android, with an iPad, whatever you're using. And once you do, all of our episodes come streaming right to your device every single time that we publish one, which is great because that way you can get your daily dose of happy every single time that you want to get one. And there are a lot of them. We've got hundreds of episodes that we've done so far. and We're, we're going to continue to do. We, we actually, Anne-Marie, we do over 550 episodes a year. So we're, we're serious wow. about doing these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We want to give people yeah. lots of content, lots of good feeling content. So that's the first thing. Second thing is if you're an existing subscriber, help us with an experiment we've been doing for the last three weeks, almost four weeks now, um, where we've been asking our listeners to post something about LOAToday.net on their favorite social media channel. And even though only a minority of our listeners have been doing it, it has been paying off. We are seeing increases in the numbers. Anne-Marie, I mean, I, I wish there was a way I could show you. This is the one bad thing about a podcast. There's no video, so I can't show right. you what the graph looks like. But the graph is growing, and it's growing at a really nice rate. Um, in fact, I'd like to see it grow even faster because that would mean more and more people are getting daily doses of happy. And I just yeah. think to myself, what happens? I mean, I would love if like the entire planet was getting a daily dose of happy from us. And just imagining how many ways that would produce unbelievably positive results all around the world. Just just yeah. because people were increasing their happiness levels by listening to you know the, the daily dose of happy, so that right. that to me is the goal. That's that's why I keep asking people to put it out there and you know just post something, just anything. Saying say you were listening to LOAToday.net, that's good enough because that helps mm -hmm. get the word out. And then the third thing yeah. is we had a call on Thursday. We do occasionally get people calling in. The instructions on how to do it again are on the homepage at LOAToday.net, as is our schedule, so you can see when we're doing these recordings live. And we would love it if people call in. So those are the three messages. You know, Feel free to call in to talk about anything you want to talk about. I mean, just 
It's, we've had people, Anne-Marie, just calling in to say, hey, I, I don't have anything to talk about, but I always wanted to call in. That's okay, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nice. So, yeah, we nice. want to invite yeah. people. Yeah. So yeah. we want, well, we hey, want to invite people to I call have an in. Idea. Okay. Oh, no, that wouldn't work. No, go ahead. What's the idea? It's okay. I, I, I was thinking people could call in and I could do their numbers for them. <laughs> but that sounds like fun. I don't know if people would want to. I mean, I could offer that. I don't know if people would want to, you know, next week. Um, well, I'll break, I'll break the ice, okay? So next week, let's do my numbers. Oh, okay, sure. You know, sure. that, that way other good. people yeah. can see, well, you know, their their heads aren't going to be uh, cosmically ripped off, so it's okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And like I said, there's no, there's no good, there's no bad, it just, there is, you know, it just, it just is, you know. Okay. So, well, actually, so. this is good. Normally, you and I, when we get into a, a podcast, well, sometimes you've, you've actually kind of researched and decided, well, let's talk about this. But sometimes, like today, we really didn't have a clear topic in mind. For next week, we have a topic that we planned a week in advance. That's pretty unusual. So we're set <laughs> yes. for next week. <laughs> yes. And you'll have a whole week Very to plan and to prepare for it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Which means you'll actually do it about five minutes before the show, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I'm not going to prepare at all because I know all of the you know, I know all of the numbers. Oh, okay. And I, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't change much. So it'll just be, you know, it'll, it'll only take a few minutes for me to tell you what your numbers are and, and what it, you know, sort of how it translates and how it can look in your life. And you can tell us then about how those numbers play out in your life. It'll be more interesting to hear from you about how they do or don't play out in your life. No, oh, the pressure's on now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but um but it's always fun chatting with you and I I really appreciate it. And I wonder, you know, I have to look at your website again because I don't think there's a place for you to post pictures, right? No, we can post pictures. I, I've not actively gone out of my way to post pictures, but I mean, I've been thinking we need to get, for instance, uh, bios of all of the co-hosts up there. I just haven't taken the time to do it, but we need to do it at some point. So yeah, well, I can post yeah. pictures. Okay, well, you could probably take a screenshot of the graph. Well, that's true. I could do that. I will make yeah. a note of that. And then put it on the website. Yeah, okay. I will do yeah. that. Yeah, there you go. Screenshot of graph on website. <laughs> okay. The, the note has been made. I will definitely put it up so that everybody can see the kind of growth we're getting. There you go. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll yeah. encourage more people to to post because that's really, that's the cool part. Right. Well, okay. This right. has been good. Um, let's see. Now, the week starts tomorrow and tomorrow it'll be uh, Tom Wells in the morning and Patty Framo in the afternoon. Um, but uh, for the rest of the weekend, well, I'm trying to think what how I want to say this. I think I'm going to save this little piece of information for next week. But let's just say I've been doing an experiment, and by next week I'll have oh. some, I'll have even better idea of how it's affecting the numbers of the listeners. But I don't want to tell you what it is yet. So ask me about okay. it next week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, sounds well, been, good. You can tell me next week. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you then. Likewise. Thank you so much for inviting me on and uh, and chatting with me and listening to me rant and and uh, go on about the numbers. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm quite passionate about that, so it's great. I can tell that. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well, we'll have to do it again next week, and we hope that you'll join us next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.